0: Let's go! It's the Yes Podcast where we're saying yes to what God has next. I'm Drew Barker, and thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in uh, today. We've got a great interview where we are talking to my good friend Bob Vote. Uh, this is a guy that I've served in ministry with. Uh, I've known for a very long time, and I've witnessed just his incredible ability to build community. And as I've been watching this, He's just gone through some church hurt, and it's just brought up some great conversation uh, that we've had on the phone and we've had in person where we've kind of gone back and forth on what we're seeing in ministry in the past, what we're seeing currently, what we are are predicting in the future, and uh, that led us to this podcast, that led us to today's interview. So I hope that you enjoy uh, this little Q&A with Bob Vogt. This is Hope After Hurt, a
1: Yes Podcast. We talk about church hurt, stories of disappointment, and the future of community. With the goal of healing from past pains, inspiring hope for the future, and building a better leader for generations to come. Join this community created for healing, hope, and heroes. Now your host, a pastor's kid who has served everywhere from startups to some of the largest churches
0: in the world, Drew Barker. Hey, really excited for our next guest, Bob Vote. This guy is a friend of mine for many years. He's a guy that I admire. He's a guy that has supported me in so many different seasons of my life. Uh, we've served at a church together, and we've continued to support and help each other as we uh, serve in different churches apart from each other. He is one of the greatest community builders I know. Just there's no one that holds a candle to this guy. I love him to death. I'm excited uh, that that he gets a chance to just share a little bit of what God's teaching him today. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Bob Vote. How are you, man?
2: Good. How are you? I'm doing. Thank you for that introduction. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Never hurts. Such kind things about myself. <laughs> you know, no, I've considered myself a community builder. Now that I think about it, you know, maybe I am.
0: No, I think you are, man. And in my, just in my experience and knowing you, how you connected with my wife and my family, and and how you brought us in, and then just being able to look from a distance at what you've been able to do in the state of Georgia, just with your friend group, and what you've been able to do at church. It's really been something to marvel at, and something that as a as a man who's working in ministry, serving in ministry, like you just try to replicate that and you try to teach people to replicate that. And so you yeah. just do it in such a natural way. You and your families really admire that about you, but I just want to give you an opportunity to share with people a little bit about who you are, where you come from and your journey with Christ. So why don't you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit and let people get to know you.
2: Yeah. And Name is Did you introduce me as Bob or Robert? Bob, Bob Boat. yeah, Bob, Boat. Um, yeah, from the mean streets of Minneapolis. Uh, that's where I was born and raised on a playground. I spent most of my days. Now, you got uh, uh, now, everybody I, I knows why up. I love this guy I, already, right here. I won't go into our app here, but no, I, I did grow up in North Minneapolis. It was a, I grew up in a, a some, somewhat dysfunctional home and also a dysfunctional neighborhood where I had to quite literally fight for my life every day. That's where I grew up. Until I was about eighteen, moved out to the suburbs with my folks. I grew up in church. I got involved in a pretty large church out there. A good friend of mine right now is the head pastor there, and he was the youth pastor when Chris and I, my wife, were leaders in in that uh, youth group. It, it was a youth group of about five hundred at that point, which was enormous. I haven't really seen another youth group that big. I'm sure there are in other churches, but we had a very, that's where we cut our teeth in community building. Yeah. We kind of let our vibe attract our tribe and <laughs> that tribe grew and grew. I don't regret a second of that because lots of full-time pastors and missionaries have come out of that group. I think five or six are pastors and missionaries and they're all over the world right wow. now. And I'm not saying that we did that. We didn't do that. Sure. God did that. But you allowed God you to know, move but through. We man. had... A small part, as people of the fine print in their lives, for a short period of time, where we were able to influence them and in what they're doing now. And man, I look at them on social media, look look at them on Facebook, and I just I beam because I'm like ah, I had something to do with that. So that that was part of it. At the end of that, we adopted our daughter Maya were poor scraping by hadn't gone to college right out of high school or anything like that just making ends meet, and I, i thought i gotta do something i gotta do something different with my life so that i can now support this little girl and my daughter and provide a better life for them sure and i told the youth pastor at that time i'm like i gotta Jump, man! We got to do something different. I can't be involved in this anymore. And at that point, <laughs> I really felt this was maybe my introduction to church hurt, as I, I felt that I was disregarded. I couldn't do anything more for you now, so now I don't care about you. That mm-hmm. And where I had seen other people that had been there for a short amount of time, three months, something like that, college interns, they brought them up on stage. They were like, oh Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all you've done and all you've contributed and all you've poured in. And I didn't get any of that. And I, that was a perceived hurt, right? Right. Unintentional. I know it's completely unintentional. And it was more perceived on my part. And now I can sit back and I can go, look what God did through that time. You know, like you have no idea, like when you are in heaven someday and you look and see what impact your life had. I hope that I'm able to look back and go, I, I like, why would I even worry about ever mm-hmm. having any kind of perceived hurt? Because look what the impact that God yeah. allowed you to have. But I mean, that's, I was like 23 and now I'm 50, almost 51. Yeah, so, so it's a little bit of a know, transition with, with in that,
0: perspective, right? A right, maturity, that, with, a little with, bit with of growth,
2: right? Yeah, with age comes a little bit of perspective is everything. So we took a break from church. I feel like it was a pretty long time, like maybe five or six years. We really took a break from leadership, took a break from really serving or doing anything in the church. And then we found a great church that we started serving in again. And and it was great. Love that pastor. He's still a a great friend of mine. Love all the people up there. Built the community. We built a community at that church. And this what you do, man. Yeah, it's really solid, tight community that we still have today. And I love that. Maya decided she was going to go to college in Georgia. Her and Chris decided that, I guess. And they came to me and said, hey, how do you feel about moving to Georgia? And I said, what? Is it warmer than Minnesota?
1: (laughs) Yes. Then (laughs) yes, I'm
2: good. Let's move. I could tell you the whole story, but God really made a way for us. And there is no doubt in my mind that... The reason that we were able to move was because God cleared a path for us to do it. And I am where I'm supposed to be because God moved us here. Chris is where she's supposed to be because God moved us. Maya is where she's supposed to be because God moved us. Then we found the church here, got super involved met you. And,
0: and that's uh, the highlight of your life. I get it. Yeah, amazing. yeah, man. All right. So let's recap there. So the consistency here is like twofold, right? So one is God has continually shown you a path in your life. And you've gone from this position where you grew up a little more consumer oriented and now have turned into an ultimate contributor. And I feel like you do that not just with church, but you do that with family, you do it with friendship, you do that with business and work, like anything you decide to get involved in, you're like the ultimate contributor, right? And so you just bring value. So now you get this growth, you get this maturity, you're in Georgia. Tell mm. me about the season you're in now.
2: Okay. Right now I'm a free agent. Any churches are listening out There's, there. I'm a free, I'm a free agent. I love it. When we came to Georgia, We really did do a bunch of homework and you could throw a rock and hit a church. There's a church everywhere. We started visiting churches and I'm like, we can't do this. We got to figure out a better way. So we started looking at them online and I go, oh, does this kind of fit what we're looking for or does this pastor yell a lot or whatever? (laughs) And uh, do they have any electric guitars? Yeah. Bob is a (laughs) Um, (laughs) killer electric
0: guitar player, by the way. I Uh, said community uh, (laughs) builder at the beginning, but the way that we know each other is he was like... The lead guitar for what I was there two and a half years for like two and a half yeah. years for me. And we, man, we had so much fun together. But, anyways, yeah. go ahead. It was, so, it, it yeah. was
2: awesome. So, we, we had this plan, or we kind of identified some churches and we're going to go to them. And the first one that we went to, we went in, and what I can tell you is that. the worship wasn't like incredibly amazing and the message wasn't incredibly amazing but we walked out of there and the people were incredibly amazing yeah i I really felt like god was calling us to that place it's awesome and i don't i didn't know anything about it i didn't go hey let me see your financials i want to know if i want to be part of this or hey let me just felt like god said this is it this is your home i and we immediately jumped in and got involved. It was interestingly uh, enough, when when we started to get involved, like a month later, the pastor got fired. In hindsight, I should have said, "God, is this really? Did, is this what you really called me to? Or maybe you called me to this because this was going to happen?" Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's, did I mishear you? That,
0: like this? Yeah. It's the natural. It's
2: part of the faith thing, right? God said it. I'll go. There it um, is. So we got incredibly involved there built a great community of people Mm -hmm. who we love and adore and who we're all like, we're very tight knit still, but over seven years of going to that church, really poured our hearts and souls into it, into the people and spent countless hours really trying to build a place where people could come and experience Jesus and really push every part of it forward with with whatever influence we had or resources we had, we tried to push it forward.
0: So naturally, you're still at that church now, right? (laughs) No,
2: unfortunately, through some circumstances, we got a new pastor, I guess it was three years ago now, and very charismatic guy, like super into social media. On the outside, it would look like everything's good. Everything's, you doing, you checking all the boxes, you're doing sure. everything. You're saying all the things. And But like it, behind the scenes, to me, there there are some issues. And even out front, there are some issues that started to pop up, which were like this church. I know this church knows this head pastor and his family. Mm-hmm. Like they, they know all about him because that's what most of Sunday is you now. Do they know about Jesus? I think so. They might, but I'm a hundred percent sure they know about this pastor and his family because it's all, it was all a big marketing thing for him and his family. Sundays were, I remember when COVID came and we, our small groups mm-hmm. really were the reason that we could still do Sunday. Right. We had all hands on, I'm like, all hands on deck, everybody. It's here, we're in the middle of a pandemic and we got to figure out how to have church and make people still feel connected to each other. And, and I remember I called you. I remember you know? during that <laughs> season,
0: it was like you guys were part of the staff, the amount of effort you were putting in to keep everything going. And even when things were going, when I was down there, I remember we things like help build hope we do an event like that where we're building a house yeah. and it's who's on the cutting team and it's like, oh part of bob's small group and then who's <laughs> leading all these groups it's bob's small group and then it's like, who's gonna wrap up at the end of the day it's a like Bob's small group and it just you guys were always all in and so it didn't surprise me how you stepped up and like you said really kept it going so here would be my i guess my tag to it right like you said there there was some there were some issues on the front. There were some issues that were happening behind the scenes as well. And we were in this period of, man, we really knew the pastor. I'm not sure we, we knew, some of us knew who Jesus was, but we definitely knew the pastor and his family. If we were to take a step out from just that church and just look, look at the Western church as we know it, are you seeing like consistency in that? Are you seeing that at a lot of other places? Are we headed towards this idea of what we call a celebrity pastor? Are we getting to the point where it really is becoming like you're as good as the guy on Sunday?
2: Honestly, I haven't been to another church where this has been as prevalent as it is since then. I'll tell you. Since then, like I've gone to Passion. Right. I've listened to Louie so many times. I've listened to Andy Stanley. I've listened to Stephen Furtick. I've gone to these because that's kind of like I said. I'm a free agent. I have been to other churches, but like just I'm taking the season relax and recoup because I've been going so hard for seven years. Right. And one of the things that stood out to me, I'm like, they're not talking about themselves. Like this, these guys. They all they want to do is talk about Jesus. Right. That's craziness. You can't build a church just talking about Jesus. Right. Like you have to build yourself. You have to build your brand. How are they doing it? It's incredible. I don't, what I've witnessed (laughs) is you have to build your brand. You have to build up yourself and your family, and you got to get them all jobs. You got to (laughs) have them working at the church so that nobody argues with you. I mean,
0: (laughs) you're right, though. The concept of, Being biblical and just being like, hey, Paul, when he spoke in Acts, was defending the gospel, but not defending himself. And when he would address the mob and they were like, you're this, you're this, he's, yeah, but Jesus is this. And he was always pointing and making much of Christ. And then when it looks, like, what's the mission of the church? We got to make much of Christ, not ourselves, not our opinions. And it's harder than ever these days because... The, everything's become so polarizing and there's so many buzzwords and you've got opinions on everything and now the political and religious lines are getting blurred for culture and and so if you vote a certain way or if you believe a certain way then we obviously know the other one and it's just, it becomes really challenging so to find pastors that are willing to just make much of Jesus and not yeah. make everything a show on Sunday that they star in, it's, yeah. it's becoming harder and harder to find.
2: If I can go back, just rewind back to COVID. We were like a month in of doing, we were recording on Thursday and then broadcasting on Sunday. And we were like three weeks, four weeks in and like the head pastor was like, I can't do this, we gotta have people, I gotta have people in here. And that just to me was like, what do you mean? Even though your congregation isn't here. Like you still have a congregation. Your congregation is still tuning in. They need you on Sunday. This is, but it really spoke to, this is about how I feel, Yeah, right? I don't feel right. I don't feel like I'm getting what I need to get from the congregation. That was like the beginning of it. And it, it made me raise my eyebrow a little bit and go, oh, okay. I'm still serving here. I believe in the mission of the church. And that's overall, I believe in the mission of the church. I believe that like people are people and everybody's going to screw up. When you screw up, you recognize and realize it. And you realize that just as uh, a wife and husband submit to each other. So the head pastor and the congregation submit to it each other i don't think it's a one-way thing i don't think it's hey y'all submit to me submit to my authority (laughs) go read the plaque on my office door it says lead pastor so submit and it's it shouldn't work like that. I don't. I, so you mean when think- my wife
0: goes, "Honey, we really, I really could use your help in the kitchen to get the dishes done," and I go, "Woman, I'm not doing the dishes. You should su- submit to me." That's not a good re- reply. No, I don't saying? think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you're exactly. No, you're exactly. No, I don't. I don't. You would have gotten a text if I said that. Yeah, Brent would be like, "Hey, Bob, I need you to talk to Drew about something." Yeah, no, you're exactly right. That's you're playing it. The submission goes both ways, and it's about knowing your people.
2: TDF Furniture carries over 50 brands at prices 60 to 95% off suggested retail. From outdoor sets to dining room tables and recliners, they have it all. See something you like? Load up a truck and take it home the same day or schedule for delivery. Special financing options are also available. Quit overpaying and visit one of TDF Furniture's five locations. Learn more at tdffurniture.com.
0: One of the things that, like I've said, I really think you do a great job with is you, you listen to people, you have empathy for people, you understand people, but you just, you get to know them like regardless of what their background is, regardless of how they present themselves, regardless of how they might even be somebody that's a little misunderstood or has a, has an interesting past or might even be judged or something like that. Like you always have a way to connect with them and then bring them, like you said, into your tribe. If you were to maybe just give you know, a crash course because it's innate in who you are. Like, I believe God's gifted you in that way, in an incredible way. There's a lot of people listening right now that are going, man, I want to be that kind of person. I want to invite my neighbor to dinner. I want to be able to connect with people as I'm walking down around my neighborhood or just like in the grocery store or whatever. But I don't really know like how to do that, where to start. Maybe I'm not wired that way. Do you have any advice of what's been successful for you and just how you can uh, encourage people to get to know one another?
2: Yeah, man, what I would say is find one other person or one other couple. If you're married, get involved in something. So it doesn't have to be at church. You can do it at church. It's great. If you can go to church and be involved in something and work shoulder to shoulder with somebody, that's an amazing way to learn who somebody is. And if you guys vibe together, but it could be you get involved in your HOA. Get involved in a food shelf or a mission or something. Get involved somewhere that puts you in close proximity to other people, you know, where you're you're not look, staring at each going, hi, my name's Bob. What's your name? And you're not like in, engaged in some awkward conversation where. You're like, I want to get to know you, let's be best (laughs) friends. No, you're doing something as a common goal and that'll really give you an idea of of who this person is. And I don't think that everybody is for everybody. I would never say that. I wouldn't say any two people can be in community together. And I just, I don't think it works that way. You'll know who your tribe is and it'll come very naturally after you've been in that kind of environment to say, Hey. Let's go grab a beer yeah. or let's, let's have dinner. You guys might yeah. come over for dinner, something like that. You know what I mean? And then that's where obviously the deeper connection yeah. comes, comes into play. And then when you got that person, you got another couple. Now you're a team of four or two or four, right? and you've discipled them in how to do that community building. And then when you find somebody else, then you talk to the other person go, Hey, I I think these people would fit good with, I know about them and whatever. And then now you got six, you know, and then pretty soon you got 12 or 24 or whatever. And that's really how it works.
0: That's great. You, you mentioned you're a free agent. You're listening to a lot of different pastors. You're following a lot of different churches. You mentioned passion specifically. I've seen you on social media post about that. I love that to, to people that are identifying with that side of you in the season that you're in. Like I I can think off the top of my head, half a dozen people that listen to this podcast that are literally going to hear you say that I'm a free agent and go me too." advice on what's maybe not even advice. Maybe it's just like vulnerability and willing to say, this is where I'm at, Mm -hmm. but, and this is how I'm feeling, but then this is the hope I have for what's ahead.
2: Yeah. You guys, you really hit me at a really good time. If you, if, this podcast would have been recorded maybe a month ago. It would have gone very differently, I
0: think. Yeah, that's why we just talked um, on the phone. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why we kept those we kept those non-recorded.
2: I do I listen, I don't think that what happened to me should ever happen to anybody or what yeah. happened to, to me and my wife. I agree. I don't think it should ever happen to anybody. It certainly isn't to me. It isn't the love of Christ and this last season of my life has been one of the most painful things I've ever gone through in my entire life and I'm still in it. I am not going to tell you I'm through it and I'm okay and I'm not okay. I'm still grieving. So I had seen a couple things and had a couple meetings with pastors that did not go well. Mm-hmm. It really kind of showed an ugly side of the leadership of the church. And then the last straw was where the pastor had been starting to bring friends and family onto the staff. And I had friends on staff that I, w- that I was worried about. And I was worried about this potential nepotism right.
0: might be happening. To put that in perspective and context, how many staff members were at this church when this happened? Yeah. Like when you, at the time you left, how many staff members were there total? Six. Six. And how many six, were part of the pastor's family? Three. It's really convoluted
2: because the pastor's wife had come in and out of being on staff and like the pastor's daughter was in a apprenticeship. And then all of a sudden she was part of the staff. Yeah. And so how it big was is just this like, church?
0: how big was this church at the time? How many people? There's, there's, like Differing 400, opinions. Four hundred. Yeah, four hundred. Like four hundred person church running say. apprenticeships and like internships and stuff. Yeah, it's fascinating. So, all right, sorry. Good. I'm just. Anyways, I'm just fascinated. Um. I. I. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. It just seems like allocation of money. Just seems like it's up. It's on the up and up. That's all.
2: Yeah. There. Were, and let me tell you, I had a great conversation the week before. Because I was going to volunteer to do more work. Because that's just who I Here am. Like, Sign me up. We have this we have this golf course that was built on the campus, and I have the CNC machine. I'm like, give me a swing at trying to make plaques for these disc golf holes. And we had a, this great conversation about it. No animosity. No, there was no tension. Right. No nothing. Right. And then on. The day of the congregational meeting, the executive pastor came up to me and said, Hey man, I just want to thank you so much. I want to just tell you like the way you lead us is so amazing. And the way that you uh, serve, we, we love you so much. And it was just this big love fest and I couldn't help, but like in the back of my head, go, are they trying to (laughs) like, to shut me up? Like they're like, you don't know me. The congregational meeting happens, like it gets, it kicks off and they start presenting this budget. And he says, men that cannot be questioned do questionable things. I'm like, oh great, I have some questions, so (laughs) you won't mind that. I thought that was being honest. They start presenting the budget. It's the least transparent budget I have ever seen in my life. It's two line items. We spent this much money last year, and this is how much money we plan to spend this year. Perfect, where's
0: my wallet? (laughs)
2: Yeah, it's (laughs) two and a half million dollars. It's not like, where'd this money go? What did we spend it on? What can we celebrate God is doing? It was none of that. So I and a friend of mine asked some questions about the budget. We were not trying to ruffle any feathers.
0: From my perspective, I talked to you weekly through all this. And your perspective, your mindset, your heart was always centered around just trying to make sure the church was moving in the direction that literally the church said they were moving in and just trying to support that. And I think this is where we get messed up is that we assume support means silent and that's not exactly it. Like Support a lot of times looks like curiosity and support a lot of times looks like trying to get to a deeper understanding so that you can support better. And I've never
2: felt you ever get to the right answer without a little bit of arguing between people. Because I think if everybody, if somebody's got an idea and then everybody just says yes to that, like, how do you know that's the right thing? Because the like, pastor
0: told us, Bob. That's how they wanted
2: it to be. That's how. And but you but know me, but there's so many churches.
0: That's so many churches. It's not just. It's not just this one. It's. It's not just one church. It's a lot of churches. It's the fact that this is what they do. They think that the pastor has this. I don't know special condition where anything he says just has to be it. And if you question him, and then realize, oh man, this guy actually has put like a ton of thought into it, prayed about it he's got a lot of wisdom on the subject and he's even got like a plan that he can speak out. All right, cool. I can support that. It sounds like he's got his stuff together, but when it's like, bro. Hey, just trust me. It's like, yeah. bro, I, that ain't right. it. Like that, that ain't it. And that now, was the
2: overall tone here. That was the overall yeah. tone. So I did, I wanted to in the, and I had prayed about this. I had lost sleep.
0: I know, over this. You had called me and asked um, me if you were like be, doing the right thing and all this stuff. Right. Like, I don't see I, anything wrong with you asking questions. <laughs>
2: Right, the congregational meeting, that's what that's for, is for the congregation to ask questions of the elders, Mm. which weren't there, weren't leading the meeting anyways. I wanted to ask about the potential nepotism that potentially was happening. Right. I have never humbled myself so much and made the way I was presenting something to be so kind as to not make somebody angry. Sure. You wanted
0: to make sure in all aspects you delivered it in the right way.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I believe I did that. And I've asked around and other people said, yes, Yeah. like I, I thought it was a different person because of the way you delivered it. He got very, he got visibly upset when I started asking about that. He launched into a definition of what nepotism is to the whole kind of the, Everybody that was there, and I think yeah. that's what the real problem was, is that I had asked that question to him in front of a bunch of his congregants, so he
0: didn't like that. He got right. very angry So about now he's got to take and over the conversation.
2: A couple weeks later, we were coming up to April of this last year, and I essentially, and there are some differing opinions on this, like the different wording or whatever. I don't care how you want to word it whatever. I got kicked off the worship team from that church yeah. and like my head exploded. I, my head exploded. I'm like, why? Because I, oh, the reasoning was that the head pastor can't have somebody like serving with him. That isn't a hundred percent bought into what he thinks and what totally. the plan that God so has let's through him let's stop for right the there. church.
0: Let's stop right yeah. there. So yeah. the pastor can't have somebody like I just want to reiterate what you said. The pastor can't yeah. have somebody that isn't one. Now I've heard it like this before. Isn't one hundred percent on board? Can't have somebody like that on stage, leading all that stuff. So here's what I would say to that. Yeah, I get that a little bit, but to that, here would be my here would be my question to you. Did he ever call, text, email, try to set up a meeting, or do anything to gain understanding of your questions?
2: No. In fact, I had to call the worship pastor and ask him, hey, are you not scheduling me? I don't see, I haven't gotten a request. They were just just
0: going to push you to the side and keep Uh moving forward. And that's the, so that's the challenge, right? So good leaders, I would borderline say great leaders will be in that moment and go as embarrassed as I am on stage in this moment. Mm. Because it seems like that's what it was for him. As embarrassed as I am on this moment. I need to make a mental note. Not tonight but I need to make a mental note that like tomorrow I need to call Bob not to go, what the heck bro? But to go, Hey man, I think me and you need to sit down. We need to gain some understanding on this. Cause I want to understand where you're coming from and what you're seeing. Maybe I have a blind spot. I don't know, but you could help me with that. And then also I want to give you some understanding of where I'm coming from because I'd really love for you to see my side of it. I don't see what you, but maybe if we sit in the room together, we could figure this out. That, Is what a great leader would do in that situation. But for him to just go, nope, here's the deal. And now I'm going to quietly just drift you off into the wilderness. Like, man, what a, it's a cowardly move. Like it's just straight up a cowardly move.
2: So like eventually like we had a meeting and I'm getting to a point here. So bear with me in, in this. We went into that meeting. It was a three and a half hour meeting where we literally hashed over any little slight that is real or perceived. In order for you to do anything in leadership at this church ever again, you need to make me believe that you trust me. Like Mm. there were no timelines. It wasn't like, hey, why don't you just take a break for a month? And we'll have these meetings and we'll get together and we'll talk and we'll try to come and see eye to eye and anything. It was nothing like that. There's no measurable there. There's no way to get there. And what an
0: insecure like approach from a leader's standpoint, right? Like I need to make you, I need you to make me believe (laughs) that you trust me. What do you do with that? Like, Joe, you got any ideas of what to do with a comment like that?
1: I've always thought that's the non-recoverable issue. Like in a church staffing thing, like okay. when it boils down to, oh, I don't trust you. Like, well, this ain't going to work. Yeah. Let's not pretend it's going to work. It's not going to work. It's Nobody's going to be happy. I just can't believe. I just can't believe. It'd that be tough. It's It'd be a coming. really tough thing to put a timeline on. It's basically saying like, all right, how long before you forgive me?
0: Yeah. Because it's something that has to be built back.
2: And, and here's the thing. Trust and forgiveness, not the same thing. I don't think they're the same thing.
0: And this is where I think people are with churches. I think people with churches are like, so I walked into this church as a kid and I got punched in the face. So I left. And then when I was a little older, somebody invited me to church. And so I went to church and I got punched in the face. So I left. And then as an adult for a third time, I put my faith and trust in a pastor and then I got church hurt and, I left and now I have all these Christians telling me, you should go to church. You should be part of the body of Christ. It's biblical. You should totally have faith and have hope and have trust. And it's, I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's easy. I think that's where a lot of our listeners are. I think that's where a lot of people are. I know for me and you, I just got out of a season where I was like, I've been punched in the mouth so many times. I think I'm done And then you watched me and supported me in stepping into a new season where I've been able to do that. Now you're in a season where you're a free agent. You've been punched in the mouth a few times and you're going, man, I know at some point I'll trust again because I have hope for the church, but I don't know if today's that day that I'm ready to step back in. And I just think that this is where our personal growth can come from. But what I do believe is this. Uh, One, I believe that the impact you're making outside of church with the community you're building is not only outstanding, but as you said, we'll have echoes in heaven uh, for generations to come. And the second thing I believe is one day you will start feeling that pull back into church. And and when that happens, like you always do, you'll contribute. You won't be a consumer and you'll make an impact like you always do. So I've just, I've enjoyed learning from you. I've enjoyed being able to have conversations with you and being able to walk through these seasons with you. I hate that you're in the season you're in, and I it was really difficult to watch from a distance. The friend in me wanted to just make the seven-hour drive and go handle some stuff. But it's it's going to, I hate to yeah. say it's going to work out, but, like, it's going <laughs> to teach us something. Well, yeah. Bro, love you, man. Love you. I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Later. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Hope After Hurt. If you enjoyed this episode or found it useful, please consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and sharing it with a friend. Join the Yes Community on Facebook at facebook.com slash Community, on Instagram at yesco-munity, TikTok at Drew's Barker, and for show notes, visit the website at yes.transistor.fm. This show is produced, edited, and engineered by Podcast Carry.